of Psalms chapter 26. By way of additional announcement, 55 Alive meeting after service with all that are going to the play at Wayside. They have to turn in a number for tickets tonight. Please meet the ladies' prayer room, Sister D.D. Ladies' prayer room. Also, thank you so much for a great weekend. All of you who helped, you cooked, you cleaned, you came. It was a huge success. We had many, many guests, and I felt like the Lord blessed our service in a tremendous way. You never know who you're touching. You never know who you're touching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My goal tonight, I'm going to change things up a little bit. Probably won't scream or sweat. And my goal is not to bore you to tears. Probably do a little teaching tonight. But I feel like this is going to help us as a church. Psalm 26 and 12 says, My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. My feet standeth in an even place. I want to I want to substitute the word even saying with a different word same meaning balanced. My feet stand in a balanced place. I want to talk to us a little while on this thought the blessing of balance. The blessing of balance. Lord bless you. You're seated but the Lord it's going to be passing out by the Malik if you come help by the Lord. He's going to be passing you out a piece of paper and a pencil or if you need something to write with, he has stuff he can give you. Now, uh, the reason I usually don't pass out or do handouts is because I was one of those who was guilty of using it for drawing instead of taking notes. That's my personality. And so... I'm not saying you will do that, but I used to do that. So, don't do what I did. I will tell you what this is for when I get to that point of this uh, lesson tonight. And by the end of this, I think it would be something that you can find very useful. My foot standeth in an even place, in a balanced place. Let me just use a little liberty with this text, could it be that the balanced or the even place is speaking about where he will bless the Lord in the congregations? Could it be that it's God's desire for the congregation to be a place of balance? to be an even place, a place where someone could come in from the rocky terrain of the world and find a place of balance, find a, an even footing at an altar. The world is full of extremes, but I believe it's the will of God and it's pleasing to the Lord. When, when someone, whether it's their first time or it's, their hundredth time, they can come in and find that place of balance, that place where they can get their equilibrium. Have you ever just been so worn out and, 
and, and you couldn't tell which way was up or down because of everything that was going on in, in life, in your life. Not bad things, just, just life. But you were able to come to the house of God. Even though you may not have felt like it, you were able to come to the house of God, and when you left, you just felt like everything's going to be all right. You know what happened? You got your feet balanced. The pendulum that was just swinging from one extreme to the other, God brought it right back to center and just showed you that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. You know, balance your equilibrium. A person doesn't really appreciate their equilibrium and their balance until it's compromised. You don't get up out of bed in the morning and go, okay, is my equilibrium working today? You just get up. Unless someone told me, the older you get and you wake up, you start feeling what hurts and what don't hurt. I don't know. I'm not there yet. But you don't, you don't make an effort to assess how good your equilibrium is. You just trust when I get up in the morning and I start moving, that my balance is going to be working like God intended for it to work. It's not something you think about until it's compromised. I've heard vertigo is a real challenge for some people. I've never, Brother Spank, I've never, I've never experienced vertigo. I've experienced fat, you go, you're so fat, there you go. You just start losing your balance. Never had vertigo. My wife had it, had to go to a, did all kind of scans, and she had what they call positional vertigo, which meant it was activated, for, in her case, it was on her right side. And those little uh, calcium deposits moved out of the ear, and it would just mess her up. And so they did a deal, three positions real fast, and got her back. She had to sleep sitting up for 48 hours, could not move. She just sat with her head in one place. It'd drive me insane. But she did it, and it helped, and it got rid of it. It was positional vertigo. But you don't think about your balance until it's not working like it's supposed to be working. God's kingdom is a kingdom of balance. It's a kingdom of order. It's not a kingdom of chaos. It's not a kingdom of unbridled passion. Passion is good. But there has to be someone to bridle that passion. I remember when I was a kid, my pastor, he passed away in 1999. He was, he was a, a prince of a man. Everything was always impeccable. His hair was always perfect. Everything was just, he was just as classy as classy could be. And he had a high tolerance for some people. But I watched one service. This We had this lady. She was full of zeal. She was full of passion. She'd come out, that, out the middle aisle, and she'd just start doing these twirlings all over the place and calling it worship, and it wasn't worship. And one, one service, she was a major distraction, and she'd come twirling up the middle aisle raising her, her dress around. And, and that was the last straw for, for my pastor. I just watched him 
just praise the Lord. Walked over to her, whispered something in her ear. I don't know what he said. And just walked back up to the platform like nothing's wrong. That's the last time we saw her. She had passion, but she didn't want anybody to bridle her passion. You can't just have passion and zeal without temperance. Because God's kingdom is a kingdom of order. It's, it's not just chaos. That's why if we run, I recommend you run same way. Okay? Just bring, put some order into that zeal. Put some order into that passion. Just move with it. I believe the congregation should be a place of balance. I believe it should be balanced in the Word. Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I believe a balanced church should have faith preaching. It should have salvation preaching. It should have miracle preaching. But if we're going to go this extreme and preach all the positive, we got to balance it out. And we, we better have some conviction preaching. We better have some hell preaching. We better have some sin is still wrong preaching. Because you got you to have balance. I have seen churches that they wanted all of the good. They wanted the miracles and the faith. But they didn't want to sit and listen to a preacher just dig a little while. Let the word, you know, this word will do surgery on you if you'll let it. Not a, not a man, because I'm not up here preaching my opinions, but the word, if you'll be open to the word, it'll help you. You got to have balance. The Bible says we are begotten by the word. In other words, the word not only produces us into a state of being born again, but the word will continue to produce things in our life if we will let it. So we have to be balanced in the word. We also have to be, as a congregation, we have to be balanced in prayer. Prayer. Notice with me, in the Old Testament, and some of what I'm going to talk about tonight, you will hear again. Okay, but that's how we learn is repetition, right? That's why we know all these songs. Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, watch this, then will I hear, that's a promise, and will forgive their sin, that's a promise, and will heal their land. So the Old Testament, Jesus said, if my people, rather the word of the Lord, God said. But let's jump to the New Testament because he's speaking prophetically because he understands that his church is going to be built on relationship. And in Matthew 6 and 7, he says, when ye pray. Old Testament, if. New Testament, if you want a relationship with me, there has to be prayer. When he expected people to pray. He expected his church 
who have been redeemed by his blood and filled with his spirit to want a relationship with him. We have to have balance in our prayer. There's some people, I call them bottle rockets. They come to God, and I mean they're just on fire. They'll pray three or four hours. But then in two months, they're doing good to pray five minutes. No balance. No balance. We have to be balanced in our prayer. I would rather someone pray five minutes a day every day than 25 minutes one day a week. Balance. The other is an extreme. But if you just pray consistently, you're balancing things out. So the church has to be balanced in prayer. And I'm going to, I'm going to couple what I'm fixing to say, and I'm going to come back to prayer. But we also, as a congregation, have to be aware that we are balanced in personalities. Personalities. A church full of people with the same personality is not a balanced church. So God designed his kingdom where there will be such a mixture of personalities that it will balance the congregation. went to a church one time, brand new evangelist. I probably shared this here. I was just happy to preach. didn't matter where it was at. And I went to this little church out in the, out in the middle of nowhere. And there was about 15 people there, including me and the preacher and my family. And right before the, it was time for me to preach, pastor got up there, and I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He began to just fillet everybody in the congregation. I mean, just rip people to pieces. And I'm standing over there. I've never seen anything like this. And he said, someone told me this woman, this, this church is run by women. Well, there was only three men, including me, in the whole congregation. So somebody was probably right. This church is run by women. I'm the pastor. He went on about 10 minutes ripping and roaring and slicing and dicing. And then he looked at me and he said, Brother Stevenson, why don't you come up here and see if you can resurrect this thing? God couldn't resurrect that thing. I got my check and I left and I never went back to that place and he's not even there anymore. You've got to have a balanced congregation. I want you to take your piece of paper. What I'm fixing to show you is not new to me. It's not new to you or maybe new to you, but this has been around for a long time, okay? I want you to draw a vertical line on that piece of paper. Just one single line. If you have something to write with, just draw a line. At the top of the line, I want you to write the word task. Or if you want to pluralize it, tasks. At the bottom of the line, I want you to write the word relationship. All right? Top of the line, task. Bottom of the vertical line, relationship. Then I want you to make a T. Just draw another horizontal line just straight through it. So you're just going to have a like a an intersection. On the left of that horizontal line, I want you to write the word slow. 
on the right, I want you to write the word fast. All right, so top task, bottom relationship. Left, slow, right, fast. Everybody got it wrote down. Okay. Now, I want you to go to the bottom right quadrant. Okay, you should got four quadrants. The bottom right quadrant. I want you to write two words. Sanguine, S-A-N-G-U-I-N-E. And underneath it, write the word popular. All right. Sanguines. Sanguines are relationship-oriented. You see they're in the bottom quadrant. And they move fast. Sanguines are highly talkative. They're enthusiastic. They're active. They're social. They're usually Mr. or Mrs. Popular in school. Anybody know, you identify anybody that may fall into that category? Sanguines are the, are the type of people that just thrive on spontaneity. They just, it doesn't matter what happens, they're just going to go with the flow. They love change. They love, they, they, they love people. They love talking. They can talk to the wall and have a good conversation. They're popular people. They're popular people. But their, their weakness is impulsiveness. They just act and think about it later. Now, anybody honest enough to wave your hand and say, you know what, I think you might be describing me. Now, I'm going to raise my hand because I'm talking about me right now. Now, you're going to raise your hand. It's just which category you're going to raise your hand in. And we're going to come back around once we talk about them. Okay? So go to the bottom left quadrant, which is going to fall under relationships and slow. And you have phlegmatic, P-H-L-E-G-M-A-T-I-C, phlegmatic. This personality is just relaxed. Doesn't get in a hurry about anything. Peaceful. Get some candles going. and Some aroma. Nothing phases them. They're just happy all the time. These people hide their feelings a lot. They're sympathetic to other people but they hold their feelings in. They have good people skills, but they struggle with insecurities and reluctance. We got to have phlegmatics, okay? Anybody think you fall under the phlegmatic category? You just cool, calm, everything good. Now, we got to be honest here because I can come tell you if you're phlegmatic or not. You care about people, but you're just not as impulsive as a sanguine. You're just real peaceful. Nothing flusters you. Everything's okay. 
So now I want you to go to the top left quadrant. And I want you to write the word melancholy, M-E-L-A-N-C-H-O-L-Y. And then underneath it, write the word perfect. <laughs> I got, got somebody honest over here. You're, you're task-oriented, but you move slower. You're going to get the job done. You just like the you like the hair in the turtle in the I'm in the turtle in the hair. You like the turtle. You just go, you're gonna you're gonna finish the job. It's gonna be done right. You're not as people oriented. Okay, I'm not. Everything I describe is not bad. Okay, I'm just telling you your personality. You're more analytical. You're detail oriented. You're a deep thinker. You probably have great organizational skills, okay? But here's your weakness. Well, let me tell you your strength. You're very accurate. You're perfect. You want everything to be perfect. But here's the weakness. You're too thorough, almost to a fault, okay? Now, anybody want to say you're a melancholy? Just raise your hand. I got one. Somebody's telling them, okay? Now, let me do this. Thank you, Brother Daryl Black. Does any spouse want to say that my spouse is a melancholy? All right. Task-oriented and to move slow. Now let's go to the top right, top right quadrant. And this is choleric, C-H-O-L-E-R-I-C. And write the word powerful. These people are independent, decisive, they're task-oriented or goal-oriented, and they move fast. They're ambitious, they'll get the job done, but the problem is going to be you got to pick up all the bloody people that are dead that they mutilated to get the job done. Their strength is that they're goal-oriented and they've got it drive. Their weakness is they're insensitive. Okay? It's not a bad thing. It's just a weakness. Now, if you want me to, I can go through the room and tell you what you are. Now, we're going to go back around. How many feel like you fall under sanguine? Raise your hand. All right. I'm a sanguine. I love people. I move fast. Okay. How many feel like you fall under phlegmatic? Peaceful. Just relaxed. All right. What about perfect? Uh, melancholy. You're right. Y'all are telling the truth. What about, now this is one nobody wants to admit, choleric or choleric. Okay, I know there's a lion spirit up in this church because I can come tell you who you are. Okay, well, we'll count your vote for Brother Jack. Now, here's the, here's the unique thing, all right? Most people don't have, they have a dominant personality 
and they have a secondary where they pull attributes from. And you will usually, 99.9% of the time, you're going to draw from the quadrant up above you or below you or to the side. You'll never draw diagonal. Okay? I'm a sanguine choleric. I know that. And I'm okay with that. That's not a bad thing. I can tell you, I, I paint with broad strokes. I'm a visionary. I got dreams. Let's get it done. But I'm not the detail person that could come. I need somebody to come behind me and fill everything in. I know my weakness. But you know what? I have a part in the kingdom of God. Just because you have weaknesses doesn't mean that it excludes you from being valuable to the kingdom of God. You learn to identify your strengths and your weaknesses. And you know what? God put people in his kingdom that where you're weak, they're strong. And it balances the kingdom of God. It balances the kingdom of God. Okay, so here's, here's what I want to apply it to. One of the greatest things I struggle with, and I had to understand why I struggle with it, is how my personality is, affects my prayer. Because your personality affects your prayer life. Because I'm not going to pray. I'm a sane one. I'm not going to pray like a melancholy. I'm not going to have my time with God like a melancholy because I'm a sanguine. And so I would grow, I would be so frustrated because I'd see people that, like clock, like a clock, they'd get up at 4 o'clock or 4.30. If this is you, I'm not making fun of you, okay? I admire you if you like to get up before God at 4 o'clock in the morning. And, and they, they have their routine every morning. They do this. They're going to spend this much time in prayer. They're going to spend this much time in the Word. They're going to eat this. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. And, and I'm looking at them going, my word. I mean, they just got it down to a T. But you know what? Try as I might, I will probably never be like that because they are opposite of me. So you can either do one or two things. You can spend your life being frustrated that you cannot be like them, or you can learn to operate in a way that fits your personality and still be just as effective for the kingdom of God. One way you're going to learn to live happy, the other way you're going to be so upset your whole life because you can't be like somebody else. God never asked you to be like somebody else. God wants you to be you. You find out how you can function to the best of your ability for the kingdom of God, and you do it. You do it. So let's look at this. For a sanguine or a popular, they're the life of the party. So here's their challenge for prayer. This is where they struggle. Their, their environment must be spontaneous or they can't pray. They, they, they just have to have a certain, uh, not, not a certain thing, but a, a, a um, uh, they don't do good getting in the groove of things. They're, they change things up, and, 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 and they, they have to have a spontaneity or else they don't feel like they can touch God because their personality. So here's their preference. 
they prefer to pray with other people. Okay, I my when I look back at the time where I I'm not, I don't want this to sound wrong because I enjoy praying. But there was a season where I met up with my youth pastor every morning before I went to work, and we had some throwdown prayer meetings because my personality thrives on praying with other people around me because I don't like being alone. Sanguines hate being alone. You want to torture me? You put me in a room with no human interaction for more than half a day, I will lose my mind. I that's why I, I've said it before. I like my wife just to come sit in the room. Don't even she don't have to say anything. She don't even have to look at me. Just be in the room. Just be in the room. When I work, I like people to be with me. I had these two guys when I was youth pastor. After they got out of college, almost every day they'd come up to the church, and I had stuff to do with the church, and they just work with me. They weren't getting paid a lick, but I just had fun. You know what? Those two guys are still living it for God today because I built relationships with them. Sanguines thrive on fast and relationships. So they prefer to pray with people. But their challenge is they have a hard time being consistent in prayer because they're always moving. They're always moving. So let's look at phlegmatic. The challenge that they have in prayer is their environment usually must always be a certain way, has to be harmonious, music in the background. Their setting has to be just right, or they can't pray. Any kind of distraction will mess them up. You fly, you're, you're thinking to your mind, well, I wonder if that's me. Okay? And here's their prayer preference. They need concentration when they pray. They have to be able to tune everything out. They prefer to pray in either just a harmonious place and quiet setting and music maybe going or maybe no music. And, and, but they prefer just concentration. That's why a phlegmatic does good with focused prayer. You say, hey, we're going to focus on this. We're going to pray for our missionaries. Good. I can, I can concentrate. I'm going to pray on missionaries. And they pray on their missionaries. That personality is valuable to the kingdom of God. Let's look at melancholy. Perfect. Environment must be optimal or I can't pray. Phlegmatics and melancholies, remember, they could pull from each other because they're on top, they're touching, they're on top of each other. My wife is a is a phlegmatic melancholy. I'm a sanguine choleric. So we are as opposite as opposite can be. You know the old saying, opposites attract? Or sometimes opposites attack. It just depends on what season of life you're in. But we're, we're total opposite. My wife... She has a routine. When she wakes up, she does this. She does this. She does this. And she, her prayer time and her, her Bible reading and, and she'll listen to sermons and, and don't mess with her routine. She just That's her personality. If the kids wake up at a different time, it throws everything off, it throws her whole day off. Okay? 
And I wake up and I just go, well, I wonder what I'm fixing to go do. Maybe I want some fruit of pebbles, Brother Lloyd. I don't know. Might want them at night. Might want them in the morning. May want Brother Troy four cinnamon rolls and a glass of Pepsi. I don't know. That, that was it one day this week. That was my breakfast. You just saying ones just, do you wake, open their eyes? I think I may go on a trip today. They just go. So you got to learn. If you had two sanguines living in the same house, be chaos. If you had two cholerics living in the same house, they'd be dead. Here's why you don't draw diagonal. It's because that's called mental illness. So uh, melancholy, their preference is give me a routine when I pray. There's some people in here, you always pray at a certain time. You always, you got, you got a routine that you go through. That is awesome. I'm the one that looks at you and I'm going, I really wish I could do that. But I can't. Try as I might. I, I, I will live in utter frustration because I'm, I feel like I'm a failure if I don't do it like, Somebody else does it. But you know what? You're not a failure. you got to figure out how can it work with my personality and I can be effective for the kingdom of God. Then you got the cleric. They are task-oriented and they move fast. So their prayer challenge, they got to have an environment. It must be consequential. They've got to... They've got their, 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 their goal-oriented, so they've got to see results, results. They're results-oriented. And so they, they, if, 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 they're, if, 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 if you give them a, um, what you call it, like a prayer challenge where pray like this, pray through the tabernacle, they can do that because they're, they're goal-oriented. All right, I did this, and all right, I did this, and all right, I do this. That's why they do best with prayer guides to keep them on track. But here's, they struggle or their, their prayer preference, I'm sorry, their prayer for preference is rational and, and, and decisive and, and goal-oriented, like checking something off. They usually have lists when they pray, that, ter- that personality. And they check, all right, I prayed on that, and I prayed on that, and I prayed on that. And there's nothing wrong with that because it accommodates their personality. Jesus never said, how you pray, he said, when you pray. So if someone else prays different than you, they're not necessarily praying wrong. They're just praying different. You know, we have these bread programs, and, and, and this coming up in 2020, we've got a real nice uh, uh, Wallace Ridge calendar. It's a Bible reading calendar that once you do the whole year, You'll have read through the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice, Proverbs 12 times, and I believe Psalms twice. It's a real nice calendar. And that Bible reading calendar is just a guide. It's just a guide. If all you're doing is reading it to put a check and you're not absorbing, you're not doing anything. But then these types of prayers, ways that you could pray, they're just a guide. To accommodate you. You know, we got this walking track 
running track, whatever you're in the mood to do, sitting track over there at the park. Sit and watch track. That's what you can do. You can sit and watch. And Brother Lloyd, when you're on that track and you come to the curve, there's nothing stopping you from just walking off into the grass. There's no handrails. There's nothing. But you know what? People don't walk off in the grass. They just follow the guide. They just stay on the course. And there's some personalities that they have to, they have, to have a guide when they pray. Like me, sanguine choleric. I'll get down to pray. And the greatest enemy to prayer is not the devil, it's distraction. And I'll get down to prayer, and I'll about every 30 or 45 seconds, I'll think of something that I should have done, could have done, would have done, somebody I need to check on. Pick my phone up. So I have to make a conscious effort. Turn my phone on silence. I'll put it on airplane mode because you have to be intentional with prayer. You have to make up in your mind everything else can wait, and if you need a list to help stay on track, there's some people, the phlegmatic, they could just sit and float in the presence of the Lord. So peaceful. Might be getting high on all those aromas. I don't know. Got the candles going. They're just walking with the angels. Just, it's a beautiful place. That's not me. It's not me. I got to have a list because if I go to if I go to prayer without a guide, there's no telling what I will pray for, what will happen. There's no telling. So you have to find what works for you. With that being said, as it applies to prayer, I want you to keep in mind a congregation has four personalities within the congregation. And so there will be people that you may not want to go out to eat with. There will be people that you don't just feel like talking to. Don't act like this that not crossed your mind sometime in living for God. I have a, I have a good... Uh, gift for stating the obvious, what people don't want to say. I just don't mind saying it. But you know what? If we remove those people that you don't like out of a congregation, wouldn't be balanced. Wouldn't be balanced. If we had a church full of clerics or cholerics, whatever you want to say, you know how much fighting we'd have. We'd have just we'd have it'd be a knockdown dragout every time because there'd be some. Some powerful person on the piano saying, no, I want to sing this. Then you got eight clerics on the microphone all wanting to do what they want to do. I knew a couple in ministry that uh, he, was real, he was real energetic and loved people, and, and his wife was very task-oriented, and he spent most of his time bandaging up all the people that she sliced and diced to get the job done. Now, she got the job done. But she wounded half the church in the process of getting the job done. Those people have a place, but we got to have balance in their congregation. You got to have fun people. You got to have 
calm, peaceful people. You got to have the perfectionist. I, I'm, you know, they say that you don't draw diagonal, but I do draw diagonal. In one thing, I, I'm. Well, I guess it'd be choleric. I'm a perfectionist. I like things done. When I built my house, and even when I didn't build my house, I like all the screws on the light switches. I like all the screws to be facing the same direction. And I look at it when I go to people's house. I just walk by, and I just look to see if their switches, if their screws are all the same direction. I can't help it. I need to be evaluated, I guess. I don't know. But I just think like that. I just think like that. Stand with me. Didn't plan on ending on that note, but that's we're going to end it right there.